السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد رسول الکریم اما بعد فعود بلّہ بن الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربش رحلی صدری ویسرلی امری وحل العقدم السانی یقہ قولی رب نازدنا علما لسن نمبر ایٹی ٹو سورت الانعام آیا نمبر سیونٹی فور ٹو نائنٹی ٹو ان شاء اللہ تبصیر
وإسماعيل واليسع ويونس ولوطا وكلا فضلنا على العالمين ومن آبائهم وذرياتهم وإخوانهم واجتبيناهم وهديناهم إلى صراط مستقيم ذلك هدى الله يهدي به من يشاء من عباده ولو أشركوا لحبط عنهم ما كانوا يعملون أولئك الذين آتيناهم الكتاب والحكم والنبوة فإن يكفر بها هؤلاء فقد وكلنا بها قوما ليسوا بها بكافرين أولئك الذين هدى الله فبهداه مقتده قل لا أسألكم عليه أجرا إن هو إلا ذكرى للعالمين وما قدر الله حق قدره إذ قالوا ما أنزل الله على بشر من شيء قل من أنزل الكتاب الذي جاء به موسى نورا وهدى للناس تجعلونه قراطيس تبدونها وتخفون كثيرا وعلمتم ما لم تعلموا أنتم ولا آباؤكم قل الله ثم ذرهم في خوضهم يلعبون وهذا كتاب أنزلناه مبارك مصدق الذي بين يديه مصدق الذي بين يديه ولتنذر أم القرى ومن حولها والذين يؤمنون بالآخرة يؤمنون به وهم على صلاتهم يحافظون وإذ and when قال إبراهيم إبراهيم عليه السلام said لأبيه to his father أزر أزر أتتخذ do you take أصناما idols Alihatan gods as deities. Inni, indeed I, Araka, I see you, Waqawmaka and your people, fi in dalalin error mubin, one that is manifest, open, clear. Wa id qala Ibrahim. And recall when Ibrahim said, Who is being addressed in this ayah? The Prophet is being addressed. He is being asked to remember, to recall the time when Ibrahim said something to his father. Obviously the Prophet ﷺ was not present there to witness that scene. But what is meant here is that recall meaning imagine that scene. Bring that picture to your mind. That Ibrahim is saying something to his father. Who is Ibrahim? Khalilullah, the friend of Allah. He is Abul Anbiya, the father of the prophets, Jaddul Arab, the grandfather of the Arabs. He is Abu Ismail and Abu Ishaq, the father of Ismail and the father of Ishaq. And when he was a father of Ismail and the father of Ishaq, what does that mean? That he was a father of all the prophets who came after him. So realize who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about. His friend, the father of the prophets, Ibrahim. When he said something to his father, what did he say? That, oh my father, do you take asnaman as gods? Do you take asnam, plural of sanam, sad, noon, meme, and sanam are basically idols. 
pictures, figures, statues, whether they are 2D or 3D, that are made for the purpose of worship. That a person has certain beliefs about them, that they possess some divine attributes, some divine qualities. So a person worships those pictures or idols or whatever you want to call them. So this is what asnam is. Can you give me examples of asnam? Yes. Okay, so for example, the people of Arab, they used to worship idols that were called Allat, Al-Uzza. Okay. Anything today that you know of? Hmm? Yes. Okay, so for example, many Hindu deities, which are sometimes the pictures are drawn, sometimes the statues are made. Similarly, in the Christian faith, when they make statues, pictures of Isa salam or Maryam, all of this is what? Examples of Asnam. So the people of Ibrahim salam, what kind of belief did they have? Also in Asnam. So Ibrahim asked, that do you take Asnam as Aliha, plural of Ilah? إِنِّي أَرَاكَ وَقَوْمَكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ O oh my father, I see you and your people in clear error. Meaning clearly what you're doing is something that doesn't make any sense. Now Ibrahim was born in a mushrik society. In a society that worshipped multitude of gods. That were polytheistic basically. And it is said that in the city of Ur where he was born, in that city alone there were about 5,000 idols. There were about 5,000 idols in that city alone. And this was approximately 4,000 years ago when Ibrahim came. So we see here that Ibrahim when he realized that what the people were doing was clearly wrong, what did he do? He first spoke to his father. إِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ And who was his father? His name was Azar. Some people say his name was something else, this was his title, whatever. Whether it was his name or his title, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called him so Ibrahim spoke to his father about the wrong beliefs that he had. What does this teach us? That charity begins from home. That when a person begins to do something good, then he must start from his own household, from the people who are closest to him. Ibrahim spoke to his father. Likewise, we see that the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, who did he speak to? His wife Khadija first and foremost. And then from his closest friends, Abu Bakr. And then Ali radiallahu anhu. And then the circle gradually grew bigger and bigger. But basically we see that when you begin something good, you must begin from those who are closest to you. If you say, if you make a promise with yourself, I'm going to be very patient with people, then you first and foremost have to be patient with who? With your spouse, with your children, before you are patient with you know, a person that you almost get into an argument with at a store. Hmm? So charity begins from where? Your own house. So he first spoke to his father that inni araka wa qawmaka fi mubin. Notice he says your people, not my people, your people, meaning people who are like you, who share the same beliefs and ideologies as you. Your people, meaning people who do shirk. And he says that your way is of dalalim mubin, clear error, meaning you are not on the correct path at all. Because what is the correct path? The way of tawheed, believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, that He alone deserves worship. So when some people are worshipping a multitude of gods, then clearly they are in error. Now what he said to his father is mentioned in much more detail at other places in the Qur'an, for example in Surah Maryam and in many other places, which inshallah we will read as we study, one surah after the other. But here, a simple question of his is mentioned. What was that simple question? Do you take these idols as gods? You actually worship these idols? You think that these are gods? You think that they can benefit you and they can harm you? This is a simple question. That how can you worship these idols? It doesn't make any sense to me. It is dalalim mubin. It is clear error. وَكَذَلِكَ And thus, Nuri, we show Ibrahim to Ibrahim, malakut, dominion, exclusive dominion. As-samawat of the heavens, of the skies, wal-ard and the earth. وَلِيَكُونَ And so that he would be min from al-muqineen, those who believe with certainty, those who have conviction. Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ نُرِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ مَلَكُوتَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Meaning in the same way, we showed to Ibrahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dominion of the heavens and the earth. Meaning just as Ibrahim was made to realize 
the error of his people, when he saw them worshipping idols, he realized that this is wrong, shirk is wrong. He was also made to realize and understand what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's tawheed, Allah's oneness. So on the one hand, he understood that worshipping idols is wrong. And on the other hand, he also understood that worshipping Allah alone, that is the correct way, that is the right path. And how did he understand Allah's oneness? How? That is mentioned in this ayah. That وَكَذَلِكَ nuri Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him what? مَلَكُوتَ samawati wal ard The dominion of the heavens and the earth. The word malakut, this is new. It's from the root letters mim lam kaf, mulk. What does mulk mean? Possession. Right? When someone owns something. When someone owns something, they have authority over it. Alright? And the word malakut, the wow and the ta over here. They indicate mubalagha. And what does that mean? That the entire dominion, entire dominion, okay, over the heavens and over the earth, is whose? Whose is it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's alone. So the word malakut is used only for who? Allah azza wa jal. Because He alone possesses the heavens and the earth in their entirety. You know, a person may own a house, they may own a business, alright? And a country may own a state, okay? But they do not own the entire earth. And within that state also, they don't own everything. Correct? They don't own everything. Likewise, people of the world, you know, there may be some people in history whom we've learned about, that they had great empires, right? Because they had great conquests, they went far and wide and conquered every land that they could come across. Think of Alexander, okay, think of Dhul-Qarnayn. Dhul-Qarnayn, he conquered so much of this land. But, did he conquer the moon? Did he conquer the sun? No. So we see that the creation, they are limited in their ownership. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His ownership is in entirety. Meaning everything is belongs to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So malakut of as-samawat of al-ard, that He alone owns the skies and He alone owns the earth. And the skies and everything within them, what is within the sky? The sun, the moon, the clouds, the stars, and everything that happens. Who's behind all of this? One supreme being. The earth, what's on the earth? The rivers, the seas, the streams, the mountains, the people, the animals, the birds, the insects. Who is behind all of this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And this is something very true, that when you reflect on the earth, when you reflect on what goes on in the sky, you realize that really, there is one power behind all this. There is one supreme being behind all this. You know how? Because everything works together. Everything works together. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created His creation such that they are linked to each other. There is an ecosystem, right? Within your body, there is a digestive system, right? There's so many systems within your body. What does that show? That each organ is connected with the other, right? When you swallow your food, the stomach has to digest it. So the stomach has to cooperate with the rest of the system. If the stomach does not cooperate, then what will happen? What's going to happen? Your digestive system is not going to work. You may have amazing teeth which do a wonderful job at chewing food. But if that food is not going to be digested by the stomach, what good are those teeth? See? So you just reflect a little bit on your body even and you realize that there is one being that is controlling the body, that has made the body such that it should function together. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows to us that when one organ fails, when one organ is not functioning properly, not performing well, then what happens? The entire body gets corrupted. Right? So whether it is a very small system or it is a very big system, look at the water cycle. Right? The clouds, they bring down the rain. And then the sun, it causes the water to evaporate. So both are working together in harmony. 
So the fact that everything is working together in harmony, what does it show? That there is one being who is behind all of this. And he has malakut as-samawati wal-ard. He has exclusive ownership of the heavens and the earth. So Ibrahim salam, he was made to see this. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the ability to realize this. How did he realize this? By reflecting on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ayat. By reflecting on His creation. If you just notice the changing seasons, that itself proves to you the oneness of Allah. So, وَكَذَلِكَ نُرِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ مَلَكُوتَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Why? وَلِيَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُوقِنِينَ So that he would be of those who have yaqeen. Muqinin, plural of muqin. Who is muqin? One who has yaqeen. Ya qafnoon. And what is yaqeen? Conviction. When a person believes with certainty so much that he doesn't have any doubt at all. So we see that on the one hand, Ibrahim was made to understand the error of his people. And on the other hand, he also understood the truth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's oneness. So error and truth, both were made clear to him. And when that happened, he developed certainty and conviction. In who? Allah. That he alone deserves worship. He alone is God. Because when do you have conviction? When you have doubts? No. If you have even the slightest doubt, you cannot be convinced. You cannot have conviction. Then what will happen? You will tell yourself, no, no, this is true. And then after a few moments, you will start questioning. The doubts will become stronger. So in order to have absolute certainty, all doubts have to be removed. So Ibrahim was given this conviction. How? By realizing the error of shirk and by understanding, by seeing the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكَذَلِكَ نُرِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ مَلَكُوتَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلِيَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُقِنِينَ This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Yunus, Ayah 101, قُلِ انظُرُوا مَاذَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ That say, look at all that is in the heavens and the earth. Go look at the sky, look at the earth. But we are just so closed in our lives that we just look at our phones and we look at the paint on the ceiling. That's all that our eyes look at. That's how far our vision goes. Reflection increases iman. Reflection, it strengthens your faith. So this is why Allah tells us, look at the sky and look at the earth. When you're driving, when you're sitting in the car, don't just keep checking your phone if there are any new messages. No, look out the window. Look at the clouds. Look at the sun. Look at the grass. Look at the trees. And take lessons from all this. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has created all people on fitrah. What does fitrah mean? The innate nature, that the built-in ability to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or that realization that there is a God. There is Allah. There is someone who made me, who deserves worship, who is behind all this. So this is within every person, a natural realization of Tawheed. But what happens is the people we are born into, what do they do? They corrupt this fitrah. In the hadith, what do we learn? That every child is born upon the fitrah. But it is his parents, it is his family that either make him Jewish or Christian or fire worshiper. They shape his beliefs. They corrupt that fitrah of his. And some people, many people in fact, they become prey to the society in this way. That whatever the people are doing, whatever they are practicing, whatever they are worshipping, they follow that same way. But there are some other individuals who don't follow blindly. What do they do? They use the mind that Allah has given them. They question. They use the reason. Look at the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. He was born in a society that was full of shirk. Imagine the Kaaba was full of idols. There were big idols around the Kaaba. The whole culture revolved around shirk. You know, in today's world, we see that religion and the rest of a person's life, they're separate. Religion is only at the masjid or only at the church or only in your own house. But at school, it's not forced on you. At your workplace, it's not forced on you. So we see a clear distinction. Right? But at that time, religion was a part of the culture. 
Religion is what dictated your business, your life, your social interactions with others. Right? But we see that still the Prophet ﷺ understood before prophethood that this is not right. Worshipping idols, this doesn't make sense. How is it possible that you make something yourself out of clay and then you prostrate to it? It doesn't make any sense that you bring an offering to a god, to an idol, and then somebody else comes and eats it. It doesn't make sense that you go and ask the idol, what should I do? An old woman behind the idol and she tells you, do this or don't do it. I mean, you're playing with yourself. So he understood that this doesn't make sense. And this is why shit bothered him so much that he would leave Makkah for so long and he would go where? To the cave. And just remain there for days. He would remain there for days. And in the hadith we learn, يتحنس, that he would just meditate there. He would worship Allah over there however he could. Just reflect. Alright? And just like that, we see that Ibrahim salam also, long before Muhammad wasallam, he underwent the same thing. He didn't accept what the people were doing. No. He questioned it. He analyzed it. He used his mind, the reasoning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him. That does it make sense to worship idols? Does it make sense to spend your money in this way? Does it make sense to spend your life in this way? And in this is a very important lesson for us. That many times we want to do something just because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what everybody does. Right? For example, if somebody's getting married, of course, you have to spend this much money. Of course, you have to dress up in this way. Of course, you have to have so many parties and functions and dinners and lunches and whatever. Why? Why do you have to do it? Is it fault? Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say that in His kitab? No. But we just do it blindly. Just the other day somebody was asking me that if someone you know, has memorized, has completed their memorization of the Qur'an, how is that supposed to be celebrated? I said in the Qur'an, Allah says, فَلْيَفْرَحُوا That they should be happy, they should rejoice. So it is a time of celebration, you should be happy about it. But they said, no, but how exactly? Is it necessary to have a big party? Is it necessary to let everybody know about it? I said, no, it's not. Because he said that what happens is that when we tell everybody about it, then it corrupts your intention. Right? And when you know that everybody knows I have memorized the Qur'an, then I might start showing off. I don't want to do it for the people, I want to do it for Allah. So she was asking, is it necessary for me to let everybody know that I have completed my memorization? Or can I keep this as something between myself and Allah? Because there is a culture, right? That if somebody memorizes the Qur'an, then a huge party has to be thrown. She said that we're doing a small thing within the family, is that not sufficient? I said, yes it is. So this is a very good thing that we really ask ourselves, we question ourselves that why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I dressing up this way? Why am I talking in this way? Why am I going to this place? Why? Just because everybody is doing it? Or does it actually make sense to do it? Is it actually beneficial to do it? So Ibrahim salam. He challenged his people over here, starting from his father, that do you take idols as gods? It doesn't make any sense to me. And in the following verses, we see that how Ibrahim he showed to his people that it doesn't make sense to worship others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, one thing I'd like to mention to you before we begin the story that is mentioned in the following verses is that there is a difference of opinion concerning this incident. Some scholars have said that this happened before he received his prophethood. So this was, you know, his journey to Allah. His journey to recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But other scholars said that no, this was after he developed yaqeen in Allah's oneness. So it wasn't that he was doing shirk, no, because the prophets are above that. Even before prophethood, they didn't commit shirk. So this was something that happened after he received prophethood, after he realized the oneness of Allah. And by doing what he did, by saying what he said, he was basically proving to the people the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَمَّا so when Jannah, it covered عَلَيْهِ upon him اللَّيْلُ the night. فَلَمَّا جَنَّ عَلَيْهِ اللَّيْلُ When the night covered him. The word Jannah, جِيم نُون نُون And it means to cover, to fall upon. From the same root is Janin, which is used for the fetus, because it's covered, it's hidden. Right? From the same root is the word Junoon, which is madness, insanity, because a person's aql is as though covered, he cannot use it properly. 
So Falamma Janna Alayhi Layl when the night covered him, meaning with its darkness. So basically, night fell. What happened? Ra'a, he saw. Who? Ibrahim salam. When the night fell, he saw Kaukaban, a star. Kaukab means star. So he saw a star in the sky. And the star must have been bigger and brighter than other stars. So it attracted him. What did he say? Qala, he said, Hada Rabbi. He said, meaning before his people, announcing to them that this star is my Lord. Why? Because it's so bright, right? It's so attractive, it's in the sky. Maybe this is who God is. Maybe the star, you know, controls my life, as many people believe, even today. Right? That if you have a particular star, which is why they keep asking you, what's your star? What's your zodiac sign? They think that that has an effect on your life. So anyway, قَالَ هَذَا رَبِّي He said, this is my Lord. فَلَمَّا But when? أَفَلَ It set. أَفَلَ From Hamza فَلَمْ It is when something disappears after being seen. So he saw the star and then it disappeared. It disappeared. When did it disappear? In the morning. As the night departed, the star disappeared. قَالَ He said, لَا أُحِبُّ I don't love, I don't like الْآفِلِينَ those who disappear. Al-afilin, the ones who disappear, the ones who set. Plural of afil. Afil, one who afala. So he said, I don't like this thing that just disappeared on me. Meaning, what kind of a God is this? This is not God. So the star, I'm not going to take it as my God anymore. Because it doesn't befit the majesty of God that he would disappear. That at sometimes he's there for you. And at other times, He's not there for you at all. So if I want to talk to my God again, I have to wait until the night falls? No. This doesn't make any sense. He said, لا أحب الآفلين I don't like those who said, so I'm not going to worship this star. I'm not going to take the star as my God. Qatada, he mentioned that Ibrahim knew that his Lord is eternal and never ceases. And this is something that is, you can say, logical about God. It makes sense that God should be eternal, that He should never cease. Because if He is not eternal, if He ceases to exist, then what is the difference between God and others? What would be the difference? Right? Think about it. People, are they helpful? Yes. Do they have the ability to help you and support you? Yes, for sure. Can they guide you? Yeah. So if your mom can guide you, and be there for you, then why should you have the need to turn to a God? Why? Because God can do more than what your mom can. Correct? But if there are times when your mom cannot help you because she's not there, and if God is also like that, that there are times He's not available, then what's the difference? What's the difference? How is God superior to the creation then? So remember, if you ever have a discussion with somebody about why we believe in Allah as God, why? Because He is eternal. And everything else besides Him, not eternal. One of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is which one? Al-Hayy. Who is Al-Hayy? The ever-living, the one who was always alive, is alive, will always remain alive. And no one is like that. No one but Allah is like that. So he said, لا أحب الآفلين I don't like those who disappear. Hmm? So whether it is an idol that people believe in, I mean the idol is there in one room, can't be with you everywhere you go. Right? Some people, that's what they do. They take their idols with them, which is what the mushrikeen used to do at the time of the Prophet ﷺ as well. They would take their idols with them on their journeys. How inconvenient? How difficult is that? Should you worry about yourself or should you be worrying about your God? That I have to take my God with me everywhere. No, your God should be taking you, not you taking your God. Right? So, this is a very, very important thing we must remember and understand. That Allah Azza wa Jal is different from the creation. How? That He is eternal. He is eternal. He is always, always available. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيب قَرِيب Always. Always near. You can always call upon Him. 
You can always talk to him. Whether you are at home or at school, in the bus, you're sad, you're sick, you're fine, you're happy, whatever state you may be in, you can always call upon Allah because He is Qareeb. When we say Allah is Alim, what does it mean? That He knows about everything. When we say that He is Samir, He hears everything, every sound, every statement that you say in your heart, you say as a whisper, you say out loud, He hears everything. So when He is so different from the rest of the beings out there, then He alone deserves worship. So he said, لا أحب الآفلين فلما then when رأى he saw القمر the moon the next night he saw the moon بازغان emerging بازغ بازغين بزوغ is to rise to emerge to come out so as he saw the moon rising emerging coming out with its full brightness and radiance You know, again, so attractive, just like the star was the previous night. So when he saw the moon بازغن, قَالَ He said, Ibrahim a.s. said, هَذَا Rabbi. Okay, this is my God. Perhaps this is who God is, because it's bigger than the star, brighter than the star. فَلَمَّا But when أَفَلَ It sat, the moon also went, قَالَ He said, لَإِن Surely if لَمْ يَهْدِنِي لَمْ did not يَهْدِنِي He guides me, Rabbi my Lord, لَأَكُونَنَّ Surely I will definitely be min from القوم, the people, الضالين, those who are astray. He said, if my Lord doesn't guide me to Himself, then I am going to be of those who are astray. I am going to be of those who are lost. That I will know who is my God, who I am supposed to worship. And remember that he's saying all of this before who? In front of who? His people. Because he's proving to them the irrationality of shirk. That how can you worship so many gods besides Allah? It doesn't make sense. How can you not worship Allah alone? And when he presented this logic, perhaps he was hoping that they would understand, but they didn't. So then again he had to try something different. And what was that? The next day in the morning, فَلَمَّا then when? Ra'a, he saw, ashamsa, the sun, bazigatan, rising. Earlier we learned the word bazigan. Over here we see the word bazigatan. What's the difference between bazig and baziga? What's the difference grammatically? Meaning is the same. What's the difference grammatically? Bazigan is masculine, and bazigatan is feminine. And this shows to us that qamar is masculine, and shams is feminine. You might say, why? Why? Because it's just like that. It's just like that. There are many languages in which things are referred to with a particular gender. Okay. For example, in French, I was told, I don't speak French, I don't understand French, I was told that even in French, you refer to things as either masculine or feminine. Is that true? Yeah. So can you give me an example? Yes. Okay, the is of two types, masculine and feminine. So if you're referring to an object for which feminine gender is to be used, then you'll, you'll use that kind of the. Okay, yes? Okay, petit, masculine, petite, feminine. Okay, whatever. So anyway, you understand what I mean, right? Many people here also speak Urdu. In Urdu also, same thing. You say, for instance... Ye table uthao. Hmm? Ye table rakhata, not rakhiti. If you say, Mene ye table rakhiti, that doesn't make sense, right? So even a table has a gender. Yes. Even in Italian, same thing. So anyway, in Arabic also, same thing. That objects have genders, either masculine or feminine. So, فَلَمَّا رَأَ الشَّمْسَ بَازِغَةً When he saw the sun appearing, He said, هَذَا this رَبِّي my Lord. He said, okay, the sun is my God. Why? What's the reason? Because هَذَا أَكْبَرُ This is greater. The sun is greater, bigger than the moon, than the star. Notice how he started with the star, went bigger to the moon, and even bigger to the sun. Hmm? And this is something that many people go through in their lives. That... When they're young, 
and they have a toy for example they think oh wow this truck of mine this doll of mine wow it's the best which is why they'll hold it they'll sleep with it they'll take it everywhere and after a few years or after a few days where's that truck i don't know you give a teenager that same monster truck as a gift they'll be like what is this right and then what happens other things seem to be greater in their eyes which is why they are more attracted towards them so for example a video game but then soon after that a video game which was such a big deal for them is not a big deal anymore what do they want an iphone or an ipad or something like that and then a phase comes when even that is not a big deal anymore they want bigger and better bigger and better right and then eventually if a person is rightly guided by allah then a person realizes that the things of this dunya no matter how big no matter how good they are they're not worth it they're not worth it they're not worth my time they're not worth my worry i want the pleasure of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hmm? so this is something very natural that people go through in their lives as they see something bigger and greater they leave the previous one so ibrahim alayhisalam when he saw the sun he said hada rabbi hada akbar this is bigger greater falamma then when afalat it set the sun also set at the time of sunset qala he said ya qaumi o my people inni bari indeed i am disassociated with i am innocent of i am free of mimma tushrikun of that which you associate meaning i don't have anything to do with all these beings that you worship like i mentioned to you there were at least 5000 idols or beings whom the people of that time believed in right as gods so imagine there were many many gods that they believed in ibrahim alayhisalam went through 1 2 3 and he said no not worth it doesn't make any sense and he said that's it oh my people inni bari bari is who someone who disassociates himself with someone that i have nothing to do with you i'm cut off i'm different i'm separate from this i'm not going to do this I don't believe in it. I am bari mimma tushrikun of that which you associate with Allah. Because there is a huge difference between the creator and the creation. These beings, they're not worthy of worship. How can I rely upon them? How can I hope from them? How can I expect from them? Assalamualaikum. I find it really interesting that even Ibrahim alayhisalam, he points out each, like first the star and then the moon and then the sun. He still pointed them out in singular terms. He never believed that there were multiple gods even from the beginning he only pointed out okay so this one has to be my god and then this one is better than the previous one so that means the other one can't be it has to be this one yes. and then when the sun came it had to be the sun not the other two even like throughout this phase he always thought of it in singular terms that yes. there could only be one god yes and this is very true that even in religions where people believe in multiple gods they always have this belief of one of them being superior to the rest and even in the people of ibrahim alayhisalam they had this belief that there was this one particular idol by the name of nanar that some people say that they believed in to be the greatest of them remember that story when he went into the temple and broke all the idols and he put whatever tool that he used the axe in the hand of the biggest one of them biggest one of them so there is always this belief that there is one who is greater right this is within the nature of people they understand this but some people what happens is they are too attached to many other things so they don't want to let go of them just like we don't want to let go of too many people whom we love too many things that we love we don't want to let go of them for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right we want everything everyone but it can't be always there will always be times when you have to let go of others if you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be happy with you. So he said, Ya qawmi inni bari'um mimma tushrikun. I have nothing to do with these beings that you associate with Allah. Inni, indeed I, wajjahtu. I have directed my face. Wajjahtu wajhi, my face, wajjahtu. Wajjahtu wajhi, both from the root letters, waw, jim, ha. Wajjaha, yuwajjuhu, is to direct one's face. in a particular direction so for example if a person is facing east so he will say wajjahtu towards the east okay so inni wajjahtu wajhi i have directed my face meaning i have turned my face lilladhi towards the one who fatara samawati wal ard fatara he created he initiated what's the meaning of fatara he 
What do you have in your juice? Innovated? Created. It's not just creation. Because fatara is to initiate the creation. Meaning, it is to make something for the first time ever. To bring to existence. Innovate, you can say. Okay? So, I believe in the one, I have directed my attention, my face, meaning I am devoted to the one who created the heavens and the earth. He is the one whom I believe in. Not something that was created, something that was made. No, I turn towards the one who made all of this. I am very impressed by the star, but you know, who I am more impressed by? The maker of that star. I'm very impressed by the moon and the sun. But you know who's greater? The maker of the moon and the sun. The one who originated the heavens and the earth. He is the one whom I turn towards. And this is Tawheed. This is belief in Allah's oneness. And this is something that we really need to check ourselves about. That we get very impressed by people, right? That if they uh, have accomplished great things or if they're very knowledgeable, imagine if a person can be so smart and intelligent, then how much more knowledgeable and greater in his knowledge and wisdom is the creator of that person. Hmm? If we are so impressed by the beauty of someone, how beautiful they are, how amazing they are in their looks, then imagine the one who fashioned him. How great he must be. We are fascinated by the things that people make. Wow! But imagine the one who is behind all those people, who gave them that intellect and that ability to make all that. So, إِنِّي وَجَّهْتُ وَجْهِيَ لِلَّذِي فَطَرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ He is the one whom I worship. I have purified my religion and made my worship sincere for him alone. Hanifan. What does Hanif mean? Unswerving, focused, meaning I am focused on Allah alone. You know, it's like you turn your face in a particular direction and then you just face that direction. You don't turn right or left. You don't go here and there. You don't get distracted. Hanif, my goal is Allah. He is the one whom I want to please. He is the one for whom I dedicate my life and my death, my sacrifice, my rituals, my prayers, everything dedicated to Him. وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ وَمَا أَنَاتْ أَنَا I مِنْ from الْمُشْرِكِينَ Those who associate partners with Allah. Meaning, I do not do shirk at all. I have nothing to do with this shirk. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ آزَرَأَ تَتَّخِذُ أَصْنَامًا آلِهَةً إِنِّي أَرَاكَ وَقَوْمَكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ وَكَذَلِكَ نُرِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ مَلَكُوتَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلِيَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُوقِنِينَ فَلَمَّا جَنَّ عَلَيْهِ اللَّيْلُ رَأَى كَوْكَبًا قَالَ هَذَا رَبِّي فَلَمَّا أَفَلَ قَالَ لَا أُحِبُّ الْآفِلِينَ فَلَمَّا رَأَى الْقَمَرَ بَازِغًا قَالَ هَذَا رَبِّي فَلَمَّا أَفَلَ قَالَ لَئِن لَّمْ يَهْدِنِي رَبِّي لَأَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الضَّالِّينَ فَلَمَّا رَأَى الشَّمْسَ بَازِغَةً قَالَ هَذَا رَبِّي هَذَا أَكْبَرُ فَلَمَّا أَفَلَتْ قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ إِنِّي بَرِيءٌ مِّمَّا تُشْرِكُونَ إِنِّي وَجَّهْتُ 
There is another person we really expect that they will be helpful to us, but then they disappoint us. There is something that you really like, maybe a car, and you work like crazy to be able to afford that car, and that car breaks down on you, and eventually it's not worth anything. It would be cheaper to get rid of it than to fix it. You chase a house, you want to get a house, but then that house disappoints you. That it's not perfect, it's not ideal, or that it's too much of a burden on you. You chase, for example, an education. That's your goal, a particular degree. And at the end, you're sick of it. You don't want to have anything to do with it. There are many things that people set as their goals in their lives. And they spend years and years trying to get there. But what happens? Eventually they realize, perhaps it wasn't worth it. Maybe it wasn't worth it. Because it has hurt me more than it has brought me happiness. It has made me angrier than it has made me happier. It has made me more impatient. So this is true with regards to everything about this dunya. Whether it's a person or an object, something tangible or intangible. Everything is going to disappoint you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He should be your goal. He should be your goal. Ibrahim said, "Inni When he gave me everything I have, why not that I dedicate myself and everything I have to him? What did the scar ever give me that I dedicate all my money to it? What did this person ever give me that I dedicate all of my time and efforts towards him? What favor did they ever do to you? And even if they did something to you, it's not as great as a favor that Allah has done to you. So Allah, the one who made me, the one who gave me everything, He is the one whom I dedicate myself to. إِنِّي وَجَّهْتُ وَجْهِيَ لِلَّذِي فَطَرَ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Hanifa, Hanifa, focused, focused on Him. Not distracted by anything, by anyone. وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ 